Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. Let's get into this week's movie news. Oh, yeah. Let's begin with the box office. And I think it's safe to say that Ant-Man 3 Quantumania is officially a flop. You know, this movie came in at second place at the box office. It dropped another 63%. It pulled in only 12 million domestic in its third weekend. Ouch. It's made only $370 million globally. This is almost, this is over two weeks of a release for a Marvel movie. It needs, again, like we've been saying, probably $600 million to just break even for Disney because ticket sales are split with movie theaters. I know we keep saying this, but we got, we want to reiterate it because a lot of people online are saying this is a successful film because of this box office on the $200, $250 million budget. It is not so far. It's probably going to end up losing the studio at least $100 million, maybe more, if it keeps performing this low. But at first place, we had Creed 3. It's a knockout. $51 million opening weekend. Awesome film. I'm giving it four out of five stars. Had a really terrific time seeing this film. I think Michael B. Jordan, what a directorial debut. And he got very inventive and experimental with the filmmaking, especially with the fighting sequences. You're not going to want to miss this one in theaters. Obviously, you got to see it in IMAX. Yeah, and we're going to post a review of it after its release. And Jonathan Majors was fantastic. And it, I think that his performance in that was way better than what I saw in Kang and Ant-Man. Not that he's not a good actor in that movie, but just like the way Kang was written was just quite underwhelming but it, he really showed his acting chops in Creed Creed 3 and was a terrific villain. Yeah, I highly recommend if you if you're going to see something this week, make that number one of your of your top priorities number for, one. for going to the theaters to see a film because it was really excellent. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. And then in third place, holding strong is Cocaine Bear with the $10 million weekend, which means it only dropped about 45% from its opening and it has reached already 35 million global t- total, so it is uh, standout success for the studio and for Elizabeth Banks. Then at number four, we have Demon Slayer, Sword Village, with a $10 million opening weekend. And then Jesus Revolution, holding strong in fifth place in its second weekend with $4.5 million. It's grossed $21 million global for its total as well. Yeah, so I mean, a pretty solid weekend for the box office. Now that we're heading into March, we have a lot of really good movies to look forward to this month. I mean, we have John Wick 4 is coming out. 65 is coming out. Lots of I can't wait for action 65. hits. I can't wait for the both of those movies. Those are my two most anticipated of the month for sure. But this is going to be a banger of a month. We're already off to a pretty good start for the year, I would say, box office-wise. And I think we're going to... Inc- we're going to improve from last year, 2022. Which- this year's going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, did you remember that horror list that we posted on Instagram? There's like 40 major horror movies coming out this year. Yeah, you know Scream 6 is going to make a lot of money too. That yeah. comes out soon. Scream 6 is getting very good reactions too. I read that uh, the early press screenings are saying that it's one of the best Scream movies and the best one since the first one. And setting in New York is really exciting and audiences are going to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And it looks like it's, it's setting up to be a major hit, especially its summer release. Usually, if I remember correctly, most screen movies come out usually during the Halloween season. And so releasing a screen film in the summer is a big deal. That means the studio thinks it's going to make a lot of money to put it in one of their prime slots. So that seems like a big deal. I think that the box office of this year 
is going to be the best in the, since 2019, I would say. We also have the Boston Stranglers coming out this month, which I'm really curious about because I love serial killer movies, and that's obviously based on a true story. I thought you were going to say I love serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of people do love serial actually, killers. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves comes out this month as well on March 31st. So big month. This might be a huge March box office. I'm not sure Dungeons and Dragons is going to have a very strong box office haul. We'll see. I think that it's gonna make maybe twenty twenty five opening weekend. Probably it'll it'll probably be similar to what World of Warcraft did. Yeah, which was a kind of disappointing opening weekend. Oh yeah, that wa- box Warcraft, office. It was just called Warcraft and it bombed. So I just don't see Dungeons and Dragons being a big hit. We'll find out. Yeah, I need a I need a more interesting trailer. It just yeah. seemed like a Thor Ragnarok trailer or Marvel trailer to yeah. me. And it does from what I've seen online. Uh, percolating around the the webs, it doesn't seem like Dungeons and Dragons is really pulling a lot of audiences to, in terms of garnering interest for it. So I'm, outside of the gamers, yeah, exactly. I'm guessing it's going to be a pretty lukewarm box office. That's my guess. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that as well. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll, we'll see in two weeks. The Mandalorian season three premiered recently, and I got a chance to watch the first episode finally. You know, we're huge Mando fans, and I was you know a little underwhelmed. It was a little slow paced in terms of the story. Um, I, I hope it picks up throughout the season. I'm sure it will. But I was just, I felt very lukewarm about this episode. A little bored. But we'll, we'll see where it goes going forward. I watched some of it too, and I was very bored. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's, it's interesting because this is like the flagship of Star Wars for Disney right now. Mandalorian is like their number one property. Sure, yeah. They haven't had a movie in a while. What's it been, like four years since they've had a... Since Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. 2019. And Mandalorian's yeah. got fitting the void for the best content, really, for audiences for Star Wars. Obviously, we've heard... I haven't watched Andor yet, but that got very low ratings in yeah. terms of but it was critically acclaimed. well received yeah and audiences liked it a lot but no one really watched that show mandalorian is their flagship their star right now and i was a little disappointed that you know this is their most important property at the moment and it just feels like it went down a level in terms of the last two seasons because I, I enjoyed the hell out of the first two seasons yeah i was i honestly i wasn't quite i wasn't very impressed with this episode i watched about 20 to 30 minutes or so and i just it seemed like they were just going through the motions it, didn't, it wasn't very exciting, and I'm not sure. I mean, I understand maybe the first episode of a of pilot episode of a series might be a little slow. You're setting it up ain't the no world. pilot, and but like by a third season, like your first episode going into the third season should be pretty exciting. And I thought it was lacking a lot in terms of engagement and anything that was very interesting or intriguing. We'll see what goes yeah. forward, though. It's only been two episodes that have been released. Oh, they did it like back to back. Yeah, yeah, they did a second episode as uh-huh. well. Um, so we'll see. We'll so you hate Mando, is what you're saying? I don't hate Mando. I just, <laughs> I'm a little, a little disappointed. Not disappointed. It's too early to say disappointed. But I, I was, I was expecting more. That's yeah. all I'm going to say because yeah. the last two seasons were awesome. The last season was awesome. It was I, really I loved great. season two. Yeah. Season one was great as well, but I loved season two so much. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, like you said, it was just same, the same kind of motions, the same kind of jokes. Like Grogu is so cute. Like when his head first popped up in the ship, I laughed out loud. But then like. The food joke again, the same joke again. <laughs> we can do, we can do him, we can do him cutely eating food in every episode. <laughs> let's get, go, let's get things going. <laughs> Some more Disney news. So Hugh Jackman, who's obviously getting ready for his role as Wolverine Logan in Deadpool three, somehow he kind of let something slip that is a little interesting to hear. So he was talking to this newspaper. Le Parisian about the film that he was in, The Child, or I mean The Sun, which was kind of the same, 
the universe of the father, right, or the sequel? Not the uni- not the universe per se, but it was the same director same and writer. writer. Yeah. yeah. So because he did because Anthony Hopkins appears in it, but it's not the same character. Yeah. As in the father. So he was asked a question. I don't know what the question was, but he said, "Yes, it will even be a dual role." So does that mean we're gonna get? multiple versions of Wolverine in Deadpool 3 will there be a variant of Deadpool because he's already done a dual role with the Logan where he played the young version of the the mutant X23 X23 yeah so will it be a dual role like that will there be a younger version of Logan a different version of Yo- Logan from a different universe we're getting the multiverse even in the Deadpool movies you know, now. If they de-aged him, that would be pretty fun, honestly. I think it, it would be, be cool. I, I would be yeah. cool to see but that if, again. It's not de-aged like X-23 where he's like a like psycho. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but if it was like Hugh Jackman from X-Men 1, that would be fun. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, with that old jacket. Yeah, the jacket. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it wouldn't fit, though, because he's so yoked he's, compared to yeah. when he was in X-Men. <laughs> I mean, he can only put on so much weight in, like, a few months. Yeah, because he got cast so late in yeah, that. Yeah, but he... Because <laughs> I, he had... I mean, he was... He made such a big mark in that those first couple of movies, and he was just so surprised in the audiences in a great way and just really stole the show and showcased his absolute star power is as, as his first two performances of wolverine I, I would love to see that back that would be cool that'd be super fun and if they're like working together two wolverines working together yeah that'd be interesting but speaking of i, I just saw an interview with hugh jackman where he said he actually turned down casino royale as bond yeah as bond because he had done the first x-men and was blowing up obviously the producers of the bond franchise we're reaching out to just a handful of actors, Daniel Craig obviously being one of them, but Hugh Jackman said the producers reached out to him and said, would playing Bond interest you? And we're not, we don't have a exact script yet, and this is in 2003, so a few years before Casino Royale came out. And Hugh Jackman actually spoke with Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe gave him some advice. He's like, if that goes well, then you're just doing Bond and, and, X, Bond and Wolverine over and over and over again for like the next 10 years. Do you really want to do that? 20 years, yeah. You know. With your career, yeah, yeah, 20 years at least. Do you really want to just do those two characters and not really be able to do much else if Bond works out? So Hugh Jackman decided, no, I'm going to pass on this. And also because they wouldn't let him read a script or story. They were just like, we just are asking actors, would you sign on for this? And he, so he turned it down. And then he said he saw Casino Royale. He's like, oh, I messed up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't hate that decision because, you know. Oh, me either, he, yeah. he would just be James Bond and Wolverine forever. Yeah. You know, he would not. 20 re- years of two He wouldn't roles, really yeah. had time to do anything else interesting. Maybe some, like, side performances here and there. But in terms of leading a movie or being, like, major roles in films. Or even doing theater, which he loves. That's pretty. I believe he likes doing theater more than anything. So like he wouldn't have had time to do any musical theaters. But it still, it wouldn't have been the same James Bond. It wouldn't. Have been, it would have. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Dan Craig was perfect for what they yeah. were going for. Absolutely perfect. It still would have been badass though. Yeah, it would be cool. <laughs> Imagine being Wolverine and James Bond. Yeah. But I wonder how the performance of both those films would have been. But also, you got to factor in the schedule and constraints of major movies. You you're filming a Bond movie for a year. It might have restricted what he could have done for the X Men franchise. So it wouldn't have probably been the same for either franchise. Yeah, because he probably can't have a beard for when he's filming James Bond or in sometimes if they have to film at the same time. Yeah. Could have been a lot of issues. There definitely would have been scheduling overlap or problems like that because there's such long filming schedules, those big movies. And you can't be that jacked to be an agent. Like, <laughs> like That's why Henry Cavill currently wouldn't work as Bond. He, he could slim too down. Big. He could slim down. <laughs> like how you, for, for Cavill, you'll be like, it's fine. Yeah, but Jack, when he's too big. No, because no, if he's doing Logan at the same time, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to some Jake Gyllenhaal news. Let's talk about another ripped man in Hollywood. <laughs> this guy's absolutely yoked and shredded for a UFC movie. So it looks like the Roadhouse remake that he's going to be starring with Conor McGregor in is going to be an MMA UFC movie because Jake was seen behind the scenes of a UFC weigh-in as a fighter. A real weigh-in. Yeah, yeah, looking lean as hell. So it looks like he definitely did like the 24-hour intense uh, weight drop and weight cut and water cut that UFC fighters do before their fights for the weigh-ins. Dana White's even there on stage. It looks legit. For me, I can't wait. Now, I'm even more excited to see this movie. because I like Conor McGregor a lot, and obviously Jake's a legend, and we love the guy so much. But to see him doing another fighting movie, because I really like Southpaw. But my one con here is Jake is way too beautiful to be a UFC fighter. Like, he's too, <laughs> he's too perfect. I don't see any cauliflower ears. N- nothing. Like, his face, you can tell, has never really been punched. Besides when he was training for Southpaw, obviously. Your nose is, your nose is just huge when his you're a UFC fighter. His face is too pristine yeah, yeah. to be a, a boxer I could yeah, buy. Yeah, yeah. But the, the UFC fighter, it's just like... It's it's too perfect. Your face gets pummeled too often to, to just be that. <laughs> Not just fists, but the yeah. grappling, the wrestling, yeah. the jiu-jitsu. You can't have you can't have a, a sharp nose as a UFC yeah. fighter. Yeah, you're spending half your life with your face pressed down on a mat. You yeah. know. <laughs> but I think it looks cool. I'm very excited about this. I, I love UFC movies. You know, Warrior is such an excellent film. We should probably cover that soon. And oh yeah, that's a fan favorite. People ask about it's that great movie, movie a lot. Yeah. So I'm excited to see a huge actor taking on another UFC movie. We had Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton in that one with Nick Nolte, of course, playing the, <laughs> the father. But then we have Jake and Connor in this movie. I'm pretty excited. I'm curious about it even more. It also, I would, I'm guessing it would be the setup for the character in Roadhouse. Maybe he starts out as a, uh, this is like a, a big fight for him early in his career. It doesn't go well. Maybe he gets seriously injured. So then he has to become a bouncer. Which is tradition, the, the role of Roadhouse. He's a bouncer at a bar. So maybe that's how this is like the, the baseline for the story. He gets his one shot, one opportunity. He doesn't make it happen. He's everything he ever wanted. <laughs> or he get, get like a bad injury and he can't fight anymore. Yeah, because he, he's definitely someone who maybe yeah. this is his first professional fight. Maybe mm-hmm. he has fought before, but this is like his first big UFC opportunity yeah. like Rocky. That's my guess. I'm, I'm guessing it could be like the first act of the movie is him as an MMA fighter. Roadhouse is probably going to be Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> but then it explains why Connor's in it. So I can't. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And it looks like they did, obviously probably did that in one take. Because they don't want to spend hours messing up the way in. They probably just had Jake in, did that for literally 20 seconds, up on the scale, shake Dana's, Dana's hand, and then leave. Like, that's probably how they filmed it for the film. He could probably barely stand because the way in, you are so <laughs> dehydrated. You've lost 10, 15 pounds in the last 24 hours. Yeah. It looks like he really did a cut, too. So it looks intense as hell. And I'm down. Let's go. Love the UFC. LFG! There is a final trailer for season four of Succession. HBO Max just dropped it this past week, and it looks hilarious, dramatic, and very exciting. Looks like Logan Roy doesn't seem to want to give up his power anytime soon, but the show is called Succession, so someone will succeed him by the end of the season. This is the final season of Succession. If you're a fan of the show like we are, you're probably very excited to see how everything will wrap up. James, who do you think will be the successor of Logan Roy? It's going to be tough because... What's your guess? There's so many contenders. I mean, we have Greg, Roman, Kendall, Shiv. We have Skarsgård's character Tom. coming in. Tom's an option. So, Or even Logan can keep it for himself. Yeah. Or just sell it and screw everybody mm-hmm. and take all their shares or, or just give them their to payouts. stubbornly be like, no one can have... No one can be me. You know, I think that Logan's just going to use everyone 
to his advantage, and I think that he's going to end up either keeping it or selling it and not and not giving them control and just giving them a payout. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my guess right now. But I would love to see. You said like uh, Greg, I'm Greg. going I'm going wild card. Greg, Greg the egg. Greg as the the succeeder. Season three ended with a great twist and great cliffhanger, a shift of power. Tom is rising up in the hierarchy of potential successors. But still, it's up in the air to anybody. I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm very excited for season four. I'm calling Logan Roy right now is just going to maintain control. Based off this trailer, he looks like he's pulling out all the bin guns. He doesn't want to let go. He wants he wants even more now because his kids are fighting over the power and they expect to be in control of his company that he built and they didn't build. We'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, I think. And it start it premieres. March 26th, so three weeks away. Sunday, baby. Let's three go. Weeks. A couple weeks. Uh, there's news on Fede Alvarez's alien movie. Now, Fede directed the first Don't Breathe movie, so I'm really excited to see this film from him. It starts filming in Budapest next week. Now, there's an alien movie, but then there's also that alien TV series that's coming out very soon, too. That's also in production. That's going to be on Earth. I believe this one will be in space, I'm assuming. Um, now, alien I'm actually, but it, could, but it could be on Earth because, you know... I mean, filming in Budapest is probably, I don't know where it's going to take place, actually, because it's still very much under wraps because they haven't really released any information. All we know is filming in Budapest next week, Isabel Merced just joined the cast. It's starring Kaylee Spaney. She's going to be the lead of the film. Now, Alvarez wrote the new film and is obviously working on it right now. Ridley Scott is producing it. Not sure how involved he is in it, but he's on as producer it won't directly connect with either the original movies or Scott's prequel films, but it is set in the same universe, which is pretty interesting information. I'm guessing it's some other colony in space. That's my, my assumption. Or on a ship somewhere, just drifting. And I bet there's a xenomorph. <laughs> oh, there's going to be quite a few. <laughs> there's going to be quite a few. I'm curious. I think Federer Alvarez is a, is a great young voice in the horror genre. And to see him take on an alien monster movie... In the Alien franchise. Plus, he's done a, such a great job with gore, with Evil Dead, and Don't Breathe. So, hopefully, they stray away from CGI in this film with him as the, the, the helmer of the project. And I'm hopefully, we get a lot of practicality, xenomorph, and killing. So, the, I would say one of my biggest cons for the more recent films has been so much CGI. Whereas, the originals, the practicality of the xenomorphs is really what makes it so so amazing. So, hopefully, they're getting back to that practicality of filmmaking. That's right. I forgot Sam Raimi picked him for Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That was an, maybe one of the best uh, remakes ever. Of, of all time. Yeah, Especially ever. in the horror genre. It's right? up there for all-timers. For just a complete yeah. remake. Mm-hmm. Did a really great job. We got a trailer for the highly anticipated Haunted Mansion from Disney. Looks pretty good. Not it looks good. Lie. It looks yeah, good. It looks scary. Yeah. Looks spooky. Great cast. Pretty solid visual effects. Looks like they're really trying to scare kids too. So I'm all for that. It's not like super fluffy. I was I was like I was like, are they even gonna go scary with this? It does yeah. look pretty scary. Cast is awesome. Rosario Dawson, Keith Stanfield, Owen Wilson. Wow, playing a oh, preacher. Wow. Dane DeVito. Haunted. Wow. Sign me up. It looks spooky as hell. Yeah, I think the the visual effects look great. Excellent cast, and it was. Much better than what I was expecting. Same. Especially because of Disney's track record of like last few years. I was like, oh, Haunted Mansion. <laughs> and I was like, oh, look, it actually looks good. It looks like it's entertaining for both adults and kids, which yeah, is important. Yeah. I like the original. I liked it when we were kids. Who was in the original? Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. That's right. I what year it. was that? Hold on. 2002? Eddie Murphy. 2001? Haunted Mansion. 2003. Wow, yeah. Holy wow. crap. Wow. wow. 
Next, <laughs> 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's bad. 5.1 on IMDb. Actually, Yikes. Maybe, Yikes. maybe I didn't like it that much. Well, you were a kid when you yeah, saw it. Yeah, I was it, a kid. So, so, yeah, you had poor taste. <laughs> you didn't have a movie podcast as a 13-year-old. <laughs> Imagine if I did. If we did, what would we be talking about? Uh, we really liked it. It was uh, scary. Kill Bill. We're going to talk about it for the 50th week in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wouldn't be much different. We would have done a board trilogy. <laughs> no, those were the, the only one was out by twenty th- by twenty thirteen. Yeah, only two thousand two. Born Identity was out by twenty thirteen. No, two thousand three. Oh, we were, when we were thirteen. Oh my god, I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> we were born in nineteen ninety, bro. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they tried to to eliminate ten years off of his age. <laughs> yeah, I was thirteen in two thousand three. It, it didn't work. <laughs> I didn't realize you were a Gen Z, bro. I just thought I was thirteen in twenty thirteen. I don't know why. Oh my god. Um, moving on. <laughs> More Lord of the Rings news. So Warner Brothers, some insider information has come out about their upcoming Lord of the Rings purchase and adaptations. And insiders say that they are planning a Marvel Cinematic Universe type of approach to their film slate for Lord of the Rings. So it looks like we're going to get spinoffs of characters, which will culminate in team-up movies with those characters. That's what it sounds like to me. If they're going Marvel, then that's basically probably what their plan is. They're probably right now planning out who are the main characters we're going to approach with their own individual films, and then what can we do for teaming up movies. That's my guess. I don't love this. I don't like it at all. I, I just, so my joke. My joke last week. I said the LOTR, the LOTRCU, Lord of the Rings Cinematic Universe. It was just a joke I made last week, but it's a reality. It's real. It is the L-O-T-R-C-U. It's just too much, man. It's too, too much. I'm, yeah, I don't know how, I, I don't know, I don't like this at all. I don't, and I, like we said last week, we have three different companies making Lord of the Rings adaptations at the same time, so. It's just gonna get watered down even more and more. Oh, yeah. Every adaptation, every and show, And, like, do you want to see someone else playing Aragorn? Absolutely not. Do you want to see someone else playing Gandalf? No freaking way. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to see a different Frodo? No, man. I don't like this at all. I really don't. I think it's going to take away from the original trilogy, which is still some of the most, some of the greatest films of all time. They'll be loved forever. They're timeless. But if you milk the crap out of it, people are less likely to, I think, maybe enjoy the original trilogy. Or if not, maybe it'll let, make them enjoy it even more. They'll be like, I can't watch this, but let me go back and watch the OG trilogy. <laughs> the Hobbit did that for me. It's a, <laughs> and then Rings of Power did that yeah, for me. Double for the down, Hobbit. Yeah. For the Hobbit, like, oh yeah. man, we didn't know what we had. Oh, I didn't know the Hobbit was Woo! a masterpiece wow. until, until I watched Rings of Power. <laughs> I think it's just a cash grab. They're just going to milk it for all they can. It's an IP war right now. I mean, same thing with why. Another example with Warner Brothers, they're making an I Am Legend sequel that we talked about a few weeks ago by changing the ending of the, the original to make a sequel so that they can make a sequel. They ch- the ending's different now. Yeah, than what we saw in theaters. And also, you get a factor in what's the what's the motivation and intention for these companies buying these properties? It's to make more money. They're not like, oh, Tolkien would have wanted this. T- Tolkien would have wanted an Avengers style team up. Tolkien wouldn't have even wanted the original trilogy, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. But I mean, fuck it. It's, it's fuck really, it. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> it's being done for money. And uh, Warner Brothers also announced they they also had a, a disastrous. Uh, Final quarter last year, they lost two billion. I wonder what's been going on. <laughs> <laughs> Disney lost four billion. So all of these major studios, 
they're going back to what they know are surefire hits, and that's why they're investing in famous, beloved IPs and properties that they can just make more content from because they know it's like this will for sure garner money. It's pretty safe. We're not taking chances on original ideas. And it's all motivated because they're pretty desperate right now to turn a profit. My worry is because they're, they've lost – these studios have lost so much money in the last three, four years. At first, they were, the easy thing to point at was COVID and lockdowns. Yes, obviously that took a hit to movie theaters and studios. They didn't have the box office, offices they were relying on because every year for like 10 years straight is the best box office of all time annually. But there was a quality problem as well. And I think they're not solving their quality problem, but now they're just saving. They're trying to just throw a piece of newspaper over it, like Big Daddy with an IP. <laughs> just cover it with some newspaper. Yeah, just like the milk, pu- the puke stain. They're just taking newspaper. <laughs> handle it. The, the Lord of the Rings IP, the Toy Story 5. These are the newspapers that they're putting over. The problem they've been really having with the quality of their, their products the last four or five years, because there's been a decline for sure. And they're just using old. They're using surefire IPs, like you said. And I think their their quality won't change. That's my worry. You're like covering a shitty car with new paint. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Make it look nice. It's still a '98 Datsun. <laughs> <laughs> I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> I, dr- I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> it's a '98 Honda Civic. How dare you? <laughs> I just quoted that mall movie. Oh, with the, uh, Dade Cook. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> what was that movie called? Um, like it was like at a Costco, right? Yeah, is he was a he was a clerk. I mean, employee a, of the month. Yeah, employee of the month. Yeah. Oh my god! With um, Jessica Simpson. I, that was a Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard. Yeah. yeah, I was quoting Will Ferrell on SNL with the uh, the awkward family dinner. Uh huh. It's basically like an American Beauty kind of dinner where it's a father, son, and, and wife, and none of them like each other. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then yeah. Will Ferrell just screams, "I drive a Dodge Stratus! <laughs> I drive a Dodge Stratus!" <laughs> 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 Which is like a hatchback. <laughs> it's, like, it's not even that nice of a car. <laughs> it's a medium oh, car. It's oh a my sedan. god! Um, no, that's that's what I think is they're not solving their quality problem. They're just going to IPs to put the newspaper over the issues. Yeah, that's what I think <laughs> is happening. And also, and they're just buying famous things to make new adaptations of them because they know people will it will get eyeballs on them for sure. Eyeballs, kid. But I will say, I mean, at, le- like at least literally, yeah, it seems as though at least Warner Brothers is committed to making theatrically released films. They, we'll see. They do have HBO Max, so we'll see. We shall see. Next up, you know, there's going to be like a Gimli TV series. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Gimli in the mines. <laughs> 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 Gimli, or- Gimli origins <laughs> Legolas we're not in the forest anymore <laughs> I'm out of arrows <laughs> Aragorn 12 years old seduced by Arwen <laughs> hut for teacher <laughs> no it'd just be called Strider Str- rise of Strider rise of Strider <laughs> Oh my god. Who else could get uh, Boromir? <laughs> Boromir, the favored son. <laughs> Another show idea. Where was Gondor? <laughs> Sam's going to have a gardening program. 
Oh my goodness. It's but like we said, we've been talking about there's nothing we can do about it. We just have to sit back and take it on the chin. Yeah. Just so, take it. Just take that haymaker of or the the constant jabs. I I at least hope they hire veteran filmmakers to oversee it. We'll see because with Warner Brothers recently the showrunners, head screenwriter and lead actor actress of the new Dune series Sisterhood all dropped the all left the project last week. That's like kind of scary news. Yeah. It's when the people who are running the show have been running it for the last year because that got announced a while ago. They've done ago. pre-production too, yeah. They, they all left the show. They all left the production in the same week. Like, what's going on over there? My guess is, so the the public statement that Warner Brothers made was that it was creative differences in that the director's approach to the tone and style of what Denis did was too, too drastically different from what Denis did. And so they, they said they want to kind of redo it. But how do you spend a whole year on production and then like oh I, oh the 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 lead shift there? Maybe. Well, it's just a change of management. They they yeah, saw right they saw that. it and they're like this is we're not releasing this. this is basically what happened. It's kind of similar to I guess with Blade. Yeah, and they finally saw like the scripts. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, that's my guess because obviously they had a different heads of, heads of the studios at Warner Brothers. The different um, kinds, the different like the TV development or whatever. And so I'm in HBO Max. Now it's all over, under discovery, and they have new, completely new heads. So, I'm guessing the the new heads and execs saw what they were working on, and were like, "No, we're not going to do this. We're going to go in a different direction." That's my guess. Yeah, I'm, that's that's probably right. Yeah. That's probably accurate because the same thing happened with Blade. Same thing looks like it happened with the Marvels, where they pushed it all the way to November. Which is curious because... Well, I mean, it's not the same because Disney doesn't have new management. No, yeah, they do. Uh, what's his name came back? Oh, Iger. Yeah, oh, Bob right. Iger came back. Yeah, you're right. And obviously, Indiana Jones, I'm sure they were changing some stuff in. I'm, the rumors were he wasn't a huge fan of the cut they had when he came in. Oh, really? But clearly, you know, they pushed the Marvels back for a reason. They also put it in the same month as Dune, which is odd. Why would they want to compete with Dune at the box office? Is in the same... November now. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe they're two weeks apart or so. Still, though. I wouldn't go anywhere near Dune. Me neither. Yeah. That's why, that was the oddest thing to me, is releasing it in November against Dune, which is hotly anticipated. Because Dune made $400 million during the pandemic, yeah. during lockdown. So it was, with a completely open world of people going to theaters, like, Dune has a lot of potential to probably pull in $800 million. I think it could because Zendaya is going to be huge in this film because a lot of people were so disappointed. They never read the book, but they don't understand, like, Chani doesn't really come into play until the second half, which the, this movie is. But they put her in the opening and, and obviously in Paul's dreams and at the end, the third act and climax, but Dune Part 2 is going to have a ton of Chani. Also, Florence Pugh's coming in. She's huge. We have Austin Butler they, coming in. Denise just hired the hottest young stars alive right now. The you cast got, you, in and general. Austin Butler, Florence Pugh, Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet. It's like, they're like it, the it actors right he now. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. So the four of them leading this movie, plus we have you know Rebecca Ferguson coming back. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to just see a trailer to see what they're doing. I'm so curious yeah. about the pro the approach of, you know, Paul and Jessica now going to see the Fremen and live amongst them and see what that's going to be like. The Sieges, so curious. But like I said, the box office, I think, has a lot more potential than the first film. Oh, yeah. Because people are still, a lot of people, the joke was it was a trailer for Dune Part 2. Come on. It's more than that. It's more than that. More than that. <laughs> but now we have these huge young stars that people are going to go put butts in seats to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, next up, there's more news about Robert Eggers' upcoming Nosferatu remake. According to Screen Rant, they, <laughs> they hired Marvel, star, Marvel actor 
to co-star in the star-studded cast. And what they mean by Marvel actor there, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson, who has a great career outside of one Marvel movie. He's in one movie! One movie. As the 10th the build character. <laughs> Marvel actor. Marvel star Cape Lynch. The guy's a Golden Globe winner. <laughs> he won a Golden Globe. <laughs> My God. Anything silly, to get the man. click. Anything to get the clickbait. Cast Marvel shame, on, shame on you, Screen Red. Shame on you. I, we get your, we get lots of news from you, but like, come on. Aaron Taylor Johnson, he, he, he can just say his name. Everybody knows who he is. Say my name. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Unreal. Marvel actor. Marvel actor Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's just so demeaning. Yeah, it is. It's like, not that being a Marvel actor is demeaning. I mean, like, having the career Aaron Taylor Johnson's had at his age of, what, 33? Yeah. And calling him just a Marvel actor? If, but, I mean, if you've been in six Marvel movies, yeah, you can say that. But he's he was in one. And then he, uh, he was in a post credit scene, obviously. But, like, that doesn't count. Like, he, he was in one Marvel movie. Like, he's done a lot more than just that. He's been in so many good movies. Like, it's just odd to bill him as that when it's just been one notch on his entire career. Wow. If just you're, an, if, just if, another notch on your belt. If you're in ten, in, in 10 Marvel movies, you're a Marvel actor. Absolutely. You can throw that in the headline. But I just find it odd when you're in one movie and you still get that bill. Did you get my uh, Wedding Crashers reference? What'd you say? I'm just another notch on your belt. <laughs> Stage five clinger. Ella Fisher's great in that. <laughs> Next up, we have some Hans Zimmer news. Yes, Hans. He has been teasing this incredible live album, slowly trickling out some tracks here and there. Uh, he's released that I've listened to already, three tracks about Last Samurai that he's done live, a Dune track he did live, three Wonder Woman tracks got released recently, as well as uh, The Lion King. But now the full album is available, and it's incredible. Oh, oh Interstellar as well. There's some incredible yeah. live Interstellar tracks. You don't want to miss it, but this now— This is the one with the yellow text on yeah. the album? Gotcha. So now the full album is live. He put on this incredible show that he's been touring with musicians who have helped him create a lot of these musical scores over the years. So a lot of musicians he works with regularly, as well as him shredding guitar on stage. <laughs> Just Hans being Hans. I highly recommend— Tuning in, going to the gym, doing whatever because you will not be disappointed. It's so I, good. I know what I'm listening to. The today. Interstellar ones are incredible. The Last Samurai ones are incredible. Yeah. I love Wonder Woman '84 soundtrack, so that one's those are great as well. But I've heard the Samurai ones; they're excellent. So good. But yeah. because it's like it's different because he's taking the the scores, but like he's got a guy on a, on a drum kit, so the that's that's yeah. doing the percussion. It's really interesting. It's like a rock band doing mm. his music. Oh, I, I love it. John Wick, obviously, like we said, is coming out this month. Got some new clips that I'm not looking at, but we also got a new poster. Really cool. They always have excellent marketing, excellent posters. There's a really cool IMAX poster that got released where he's standing in front of the Eiffel Tower. But also, there's a new official one dropped by the studio where John Wick, his face is literally the map of Paris. It's really cool. It's got like all the boroughs and blocks and cities and streets and rivers and everything. So... Cannot wait to see this movie. It's going to be action-packed. It's like, what, two hours and 20 minutes? Sign me the hell up. Let's Mark go. Marketing, marketing campaign's been great. They did Wick week, week last week, so very excited to see this film. Same. It looks fantastic. Next up, we talked about Hellboy and its new adaptation last week. That everyone wanted. <laughs> Everyone's been asking for it. <laughs> You've all been asking for it. And Jack Kessie has been cast as the new Hellboy. He was previously appeared in Deadpool 2, 12 Strong, the Chris Hemsworth film, Baywatch, and TV shows like The Strain and Claws. This will reportedly be a younger take on the character, and production is being overseen by Millennium Media, so it's obviously going to be Hellboy Origins. Origins. <laughs> Where did he get his well, they, horns? they did his origins in the first Hellboy. Shut up, Anthony. When he was a kid. Shut up, Anthony. <laughs> John Hurt found Shut him. up, Anthony. <laughs> 
doesn't matter. Dexter got his origin story in the first season, but forget it, man. This is a younger, hotter Hellboy. <laughs> it's crazy because David Harbour was just Hellboy like two years ago. Yeah. How successful are these movies to like not make it, successful? Like even Guillermo's were not very successful. They're two hundred mil box office to justify it, like being a Batman like character. <clears throat> I, I like Hellboy, but the movies have just been besides Guillermo's. They're just kind of like meh. They're meh for me. I like the first one a lot. I really do. I'm from what I've read, they're going smaller in scale with this film, so it's going to be a cheaper made movie. He looks like he's cast well, though. He's 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 a big guy. His facial structure is huge, so he looks it's like probably... a demon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like you... he's got long horns. <laughs> he's already got a tail. All right, <laughs> not much work needs to be done. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like he needs like a like, whoever plays Hellboy has to have a huge head to fucking get those horns in, on there. All the prosthetics. You know what I mean? Big it's head. A, it's a thing. It's a thing you got to look at as a casting director. And a, and well, a I mean, filmmaker. yeah, Harbor and Perlman are all, are, they're both very big guys. Perlman's are, head yeah. is massive. Yeah, they're big guys. Like, you got to have a noggin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Plus, the tail helps. You're putting, you're putting so, yeah, the, yeah. So, Jack Cassie's tail. Just kidding, Jack. You don't have a That's tail. That's not why you got the role, Jack. <laughs> you're a talented guy. It's not because of your tail and horns. <laughs> All right, we got some Robert De Niro news. It's his first time officially doing a TV series called Zero Day. Obviously, he's done stuff Jesus, like 60 years later. <laughs> he's done like SNL here yeah. and there, but he's never been like on a show before. Mm-hmm. So, this is a Netflix series. It's been un it's been uh kept under wraps, but we have a little bit of a synopsis. It's a political thriller. Obviously, De Niro's got some familiarity with that genre for sure. Official logline reveals that Zero Day asks the question on everyone's mind. Where is Hellboy, the sequel coming? (laughs) (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Zero Day asks the question on everyone's mind. How do we find truth in a world in crisis? One seemingly being torn apart by forces outside our control. And in an era rife with conspiracy theory and subterfuge. How much of those forces are products of our own doing? Perhaps even our own imagining. Sounds ambiguous as fuck, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for narrowing it down. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Netflix. Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> I mean, it was better when it was just political thriller. <laughs> I mean, that log line, is it sort of AI or, or virtual reality or different realities? I don't see that. I see that as like, I don't know, media, tribalism... Yeah. Yeah, probably that. Misinformation, stuff people, like that. People hating each other. Yeah. Just typical American stuff. Zero. Zero. Zero day. Zero day. <laughs> <laughs> and final bit of news is uh, some sad news. Tom Sizemore passed away at 61. This comes days after suffering an aneurysm. Tom was a great supporting actor in so many iconic films, Saving Private Ryan. He's in Heat. So he, he always puts on these stellar performances supplementing incredible films for incredible lead actors and actresses. And, you know, he's he's he left a mark on cinema for sure for how few projects he really worked on. But he's, he's, a, he's in some of the best movies ever. He's really a yeah. memorable character actor, memorable actor. Everybody knows his face, recognizes him. So it's, it's, it's sad news to hear. He was with his family as he passed away in his sleep. And, yeah, it's terrible. It's very sad. This young. Very young. 61, yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. But that wraps movie news. For this week, lots going on. Episodes this week, obviously, Last of Us, episode eight, review tomorrow. Only two episodes left, which yeah. is shocking because 
I feel like there's so much still to so go over. Story. The there's a lot of narrative they got to get to real. They got to move fast. They better, they start going. And then James is watching. I started playing Last of Us Part Two. It's pretty awesome. And then for Thursday's episode, we're going to be breaking down the box office. What does it mean? There's so many questions we get about the box office and misconceptions about the box office. I see online almost daily. How does it work in terms of splitting ticket sales with movie theaters? We'll analyze the box office and how it's changed over the last 10, 20, 50 years. We'll talk about inflation adjusting and how soon we should even start using it now and everything how it relates to studios how much a a movie has to make depending on its budget for a studio for the film to be profitable or just to break even and talk about obviously some of the biggest hits some of the biggest flops but in general just discuss what the box office even means i can't wait it's gonna be very cool yeah i think i think it's gonna be a lot of fun a little off topic but we also did born week last week we did the born identity the born supremacy and the born ultimatum three days in a row it was thursday friday saturday lots of mad all three of those episodes it's pretty excellent so you don't want to miss those. If you have already, go check them out. They're great ones. They're great that, ones, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. We have five tiers, $2, $5, $10, $25, $100 tiers. Every patron has access to a bonus episode that we post every single week. Plus, at the minimum tier of $10, you get access to our Discord. It's an incredible film community that we've built. But every tier has awesome goodies, so check that out for sure. We just did a couple of great watch parties the past two weeks. Yeah, we did the raid last yeah, week. It was, it was awesome. awesome. Yeah. All right, see you next time, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.